First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 726 of First Class Fatherhood. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys, and I've got a tremendous guest for you today. Andrew Gamberski joins me on the podcast today. Andrew is a combat veteran. He served with one of the most elite military units in the United States. That is the Air Force Combat Controllers. He is the recipient of the Bronze Star, the Purple Heart, and a number of other medals. He's an American hero. It's a big honor when I have a chance to speak uh, to these just heroic men of our military. And I did have the honor of doing an interview with Andrew's wife, Anna Paulina Luna. She is a congresswoman from Florida. I did an interview with her from my other podcast, The Alec Lay Show. If you guys are interested in that, it's uh, obviously more politically focused. I had a great interview with the Congresswoman, so you want to check that out. Jump on over to the Alec Lay Show. The link is down there in the description below. But today we are focusing on fatherhood with Andrew, and he and his wife have co-written a new book for the Brave Book series, The Legend of Naranja. And if you dads out there really care about the values that you're instilling in your kids, the Brave Book series is one of the best available out there to teach your kids the values that you really want them to have growing up. You guys have heard me interview a number of the authors right here on the podcast, uh, including the creator of the Brave Book series, Trent Talbert. Andrew and Anna are new parents. They had their first child over the summer. I always love when I have the opportunity to speak to new dads. You guys know it. So this is going to be a great one. Andrew Gamberski is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the Air Force Combat Controller and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And you guys know just how much I honor and respect our men and women of the military, but so many of the military dads I've had the honor of speaking with here on the podcast. And again, I owe that all to you guys, the listeners out there, for giving me this platform uh, that has sustained for the last five years, over 700 episodes. I really can't say thank you enough. But if you guys enjoy the Military Dad episodes, just go through the archives. So many U.S. Navy SEALs, you know about that. All the Jocko Willink and the Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, all those guys uh, I've been honored to have on the podcast here. They're available. But also, too, our United States Marines, especially uh, Medal of Honor recipient Dakota Meyer, Silver Star recipient Brian Chantosh, and so many others, guys. A lot of Army Rangers, you know, uh, Sean Parnell, Green Berets, Tim Kennedy, so many. So go through the list, go through the archives, check out all the military dads that I've had the absolute honor of speaking with right here on the podcast. Today is no different. And winter is coming. And you guys, if you are not sleeping on a MyPillow mattress topper, you are truly missing out. It's got now, it's got the cooling gel in the MyPillow, cooling gel in the mattress topper. You've got to check it out. You don't want to be uncomfortable while you're sleeping with the blankets on. You get too hot, you take them off. Get your temperature under control. Get the mattress topper from MyPillow. Get the new MyPillow 2.0 with the cooling gel inside and buy them at MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD. You're going to save up to 66%, but up to 80% off on some of the select items that are over there. Go check them out. Hundreds of items are available. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Save, save, save. All right, so I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Don't forget, please help me spread the word about today's podcast. Every father in your neighborhood and your contact list, let them know about the show that's out here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. Here comes my interview straight up with Andrew Gamberski on First Class Fatherhood.
Joining me now, First Class Father, Andrew Gamberski. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, pleasure to be here. It's an honor to have you on. Uh, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old? Well, we got one, less than a month, who's born August 26th. Yeah, you, you still got the price tag. You still got the brand new into the game. Oh, he, still smell, he still smells like the new car, you know? <laughs> are you guys, are, are you thinking one and done here? Are you guys thinking uh, we're going to add to the family eventually? You're just going to see what happens. <laughs> All right, if you, if you could, Andrew, please, uh, just for my listeners, hit us with a little bit about your background and what you do. <clears throat> sure, yeah. So um, I joined the, uh, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I joined the, uh, I joined the Air Force in uh, 2009. And, uh, and I tried out to be uh, an Air Force Combat Controller, uh, CCT, that worked out. Um, I was in for, I deployed about five times between Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, South America. Um, I was stationed up in Herbert Field at the 23rd STS for most of my career. And then um, I wrapped up my time over at MacDill Air Force Base in Tampa, which is uh, where kind of we ended up here in St. Petersburg, Florida, right next, right nearby. And uh, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, I I mean, most of my adult life was in the military um, deployments and training and all that stuff. Um, I'm still plugged in over there. I still work over at uh, with with SOCOM headquarters and whatnot. Um, So I stay uh, busy with that and then busy with being a new dad. Yeah, well, well, thank you for your service. And uh, how would you say so far here, uh, a month into the game, how has becoming a dad kind of changed your perspective on life? You know, it's pretty funny. One of my one of my buddies who's in the military was four kids, and he he was knocking out deployments while he had kids. I don't know how I don't know how guys how, how guys did that. That was, that was kind of an eye opening thing for me. Like the one of the first epiphanies I had is, man, I couldn't imagine having kids and still deploying like some of the guys do. That's that's pretty rough. Um, but it was funny. He said something to me before, before, uh, before Henry came. He's like, you know, um, most other kids are kind of annoying. <laughs> he's like, but when it's your kid, he's like, when you hear another baby crying, you're like, oh man, that baby's crying. And then when it's your kid, he's like, it's just totally different. And it's kind of funny. I just, I have a whole new respect for for parenting and for for kids and babies. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. It really is a lot of work, but it's super rewarding. Yeah, and, and that is one of the things, too. One of the reasons why, Andrew, too, I bring so many military dads like yourself onto the podcast here is, you know, when I have to do, I, I, I'm a railroad mechanic, so I've been doing that for 24 years. And it's like when, when I have to work, when my kids were small, I have four kids myself. And it's like when I would have to do the double shift or be away and miss stuff, I would be, it would drive me crazy. And we didn't have no yeah. uh, FaceTime or nothing, uh, you know, but for, for guys in the military to be doing deployments eight months or a year at a time and missing this stuff with their kids, I, it's unimaginable to me. And it's another reason why I appreciate so much the sacrifice that you know you and all, all your teammates and everybody does uh for us and for this country so i appreciate uh, it and and so did, did you guys do a um uh, i know they're popular gender reveals did you guys find out what you were having uh before the baby was yeah here we do you know, we knew wait? like you know somewhere halfway along the way we, we knew we were like we can't we have to know we have to know what what you know boy or girl and uh you know so that was that was pretty cool so i knew he was going to be a boy um yeah how about how about as far as uh, picking a name? Was there a battle in picking the name, or was that uh, easy? No, going? it was it was really it was actually really simple. Um, my my wife's father uh, passed away in a car accident not too long ago, um, and his name was George Henry, and so we named him George Henry, but we call him Henry. Okay. Very cool. And obviously your wife, uh, a Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, I, I, I did a really good interview with her on, on my other podcast. Obviously, she's yeah. in the pub- public eye. 
Oh, uh, yeah. the, the, the political atmosphere in our country is very toxic. And so now uh, she's out there. So has that uh, you guys have any concerns about that? Is it like um, what, what what is the, uh, the the game plan as far as keeping the parenting personal life uh, away from the public eye? Yeah, I tell you what, you know, I, I tell you, man, I, I, I don't have any social media. Um, I've kept, you know, from my time in the military and the things that I was doing, um, I stayed out of it. So we politically, you know, we had very opposite, you know, she's a uh, you know, an elected official. So it's very, uh, you know, spotlight's always on her, but you know, with, with Henry. Yeah. I mean, we get it. We know how it goes. It's our, it's, it's a lot. Um, we want to kind of try to keep that as private as possible and not make it too, you know, um, talk about it too much, but you know, it's gonna, we know how it goes. Like the news is going to report on it. They're going to, you know, I just, uh, there's a lot of crazies out there and, and you just try to, you know, keep everything as vanilla as possible and, and cool, but, but he'll be up in DC with us all the time. And we got a ton of really cool outfits for him. So uh, I think, I think Anna plans on bringing him on the, on the house floor at some point, um, which will be pretty cool. You know, not many kids can say they did that. So that'll be cool. He's already, yeah. he's already doing things that I didn't get to do as a kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. And, and and you did mention there too. And sorry to hear about the loss of, of your father-in-law. And and do you guys have? Uh, I I know I know how it is. Difficult first child, and you know you're trying to juggle all these different things at one time. Do you guys have uh, some help? Your parents around? Do you have family that's there that's helping you guys out in, yeah, in the early onset? Yeah, my folks don't live too far away, and um, you know Anna's mom is able to be helpful too. And we just figure it out. I mean, my work's kind of flexible so i can you know i can i can ebb and flow a little bit and be around when i need to um so i, I mean it's just like everybody you just make it work but i tell you what i have an absolute appreciation for single parents that is that's some next level stuff single parenting that that's that's rough that's brutal so yeah. a lot of respect to those to those families no doubt about it we have far too many of them unfortunately in this country yeah. uh it's something that i focus there's on a lot, there's a lot of fatherless homes Yes. And then that's one of that's one of the reasons I, I bring it up on almost every show here is that, you know, we like your wife does. Everyone's trying to solve all these other political issues in our country. But unless we unless we secure our families and get dads back in the home, man, I think we're really just running around in circles. Amen. Yeah, it's a fundamental it's a fundamental thing. I mean, it, it, it solves, you know, even politically, I know this gets into politics, but it solves a lot of issues. A lot of social issues get solved by having fathers in the home. Yeah. And that's a, Yep. And it's, and it's, it is as simple as that. Unfortunately, the U.S. leads the world in fatherless households, too. So it's not just like it's a small thing. It's an epidemic in the country. But uh, so far, how has it been for you? I, I remember time my time back to being a, a new dad. And the first time I was left alone with the baby, like when my <laughs> wife went out or something like that, I was a nervous wreck. So how, how has that been for you? Like the first time you've had to be you know, alone with the baby? What was that like? Well, I remember, you know, even in the before we even left the hospital, she's she was passed out. Uh, you know, it was like three in the morning. I don't know what it was. And here I am holding, holding this baby and she's out, she's sleeping. It's quiet. And that was the moment. That was the moment where I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's, it's amazing too. Sometimes how you come out of the hospital and it's like, you know, they help you put the baby into the car and then they're like, all right, have a nice day. You know, and you kind of came left out, they came out, it was, you know, of course, you know, everyone recognized her. So, you know, all the nurses and even the doctor and everyone, you know, even one of the staff, uh, uh, you know, brought her, brought her a, a, a card, which was really sweet. It was really cool. Um, 
But, you know, it was funny, man, like leaving the hospital. It's like, here's your here's a firm handshake and good luck. You know, (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And so what would you say then, uh, Andrew, what do you consider to be the top values that you guys are hoping to instill in Henry growing up? You know, um, my time in the Air Force, um, you know, they talk about service before self and uh, and and integrity and and those types of values. And I just um, I want him to be honest and I want him to be hardworking. And I feel like if you just do those two things, I think the rest of it, um, you know, are those are all just everything else should just kind of come along. So, you know, we work really hard. My, my wife and I, we 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 bust our butts. We really do. And we hope that that, you know, I hope I hope that we don't spoil him. People jokingly say, like, you know, you start out, oh, I'm not going to spoil him and make sure and then people, yeah, well, you know, just wait, just give it a few years. And, you know, but uh, but I think hard work and honesty, I think, uh, are the first two things that we try to push on him, you know? Yeah, well said. Yeah, and I, I, I that was working out for me with the uh, not spoiling him. So I have my daughter. She's our fourth and she's our, our, oh, our uh, you know, Ooh, our only yeah. girl. So. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still struggling with that department, but like you say too, a lot of the military, that, that mantra of like a service before self was very, I'm the farthest thing from a military guy. It was always hard for me to even comprehend that type of mentality until I became a dad. And then I kind of got that, that for the first time, I kind of understood putting somebody else ahead of me. And I, and it really was an eye opening experience for me to become a dad and to kind of get that sense of like putting somebody uh, first and somebody ahead of myself. So it was pretty, pretty wide experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, although I didn't have uh, kids at the time when I was deploying and, you know, the thing about the military, you know, that was the middle of the, you know, the, the conflicts in the Middle East. So, I mean, we were we were heading out the door. We were deployed for six months every nine months. Six months we were deployed. Uh, about nine months we were at least stateside. And um, there's nothing that changes that. You know, I had buddies that, you know, we'd be we'd be flying to Afghanistan and he'd be, and then, you know, oh, my wife's having a baby right now. I'm like, um, I mean, couldn't even wait a week or two, you know, just it, the, you know, the military puts you on a schedule and it's, uh, it's tough, but you learn, you know, it's just like anything, like the hard challenges in life, a life without, you know, challenges, a life not tested, I feel like. Um, and so, you know, the folks that don't have challenges in their life, which everybody does, but, but it's okay to have challenges in your life it makes who you are. It tests you. If you don't have those challenges, then you're never going to really know what you're made of, I feel like. And uh, the military certainly puts that test on you. So, well, One of the things that is difficult with that, Andrew, right now, like I, my, my oldest two are teenagers. My oldest is senior in high school right now. And uh, so it's it's understanding that oh. – <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We they got to go to three different schools, the whole bit. So, yeah, we're, we're into all kinds of different activities. But one of the things is, is that sentiment of that understanding they have to fail in order to learn at certain age, at certain stages. And it's, it's things that are going to m- develop them the most is the, the difficulties that they're going to face and the failures they're going to have to overcome. But as a parent, it's so hard to watch that and allow that to happen and then know when is the right moment to come in and say, get, bring the mercy and say, okay, let's, let's, let's help him out. And so it's yeah. understanding that they have to struggle. You don't want to see them struggle, but it, it, you understand that for the better good, they have to go through it. No, hundred percent. I feel like um, it's the combat control pipeline in the air force and the, the CCT and pararescue pipeline. It's, it's extremely similar. We share a lot of the same course, you know, there's like a solid year in the pipeline. It's about two years long where, and you don't know this, but every single task and every single thing that you do, you're, you, 
It's designed for you to fail. You're supposed to fail. You don't know that, but you just, you fail. And so what they want to do is they want to see, they're trying to instill that although for like a year straight, you, you haven't passed anything. Like you just keep going and keep trying. They just don't want you to fail. They are, or they don't want you to quit, you know, that you're going to fail, but you just got to keep going. And then eventually you start winning and you realize like, wow, I'm glad I pushed through that. And I feel like that's life. Like you can't, you know, it's a fundamental thing. Maybe it's a cheesy thing to say, but it's very true. You know, you just, you can't stop. If you keep failing, it's fine. Just keep going. Yeah. It, easier said than done in so many different circumstances. Now, have yeah. you and Anna, have you and Anna had the uh, conversation about, uh, and you know, only a month into this, but uh, disciplining the children, like the, what, what kind of disciplinarian were your parents? Like what kind of discipline did you grow up? In? Did you guys, do you guys have like a, a different philosophy when it comes to you disciplining? Know, I'll take advice on that because honestly, that's something we haven't really talked about yet. I mean, we're like, we're living every day, like is a 24 hour plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just get through the first you know night because this kid's eating every two to three hours and needs a diaper all the time. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think I respect, I respected my father um, to the point where I didn't want to let him down. And so I feel like, if I can try to create that environment again, where, you know, he doesn't want to let me down. I, I feel like, I feel like that'd be a good place. You know, I think the was, your father, of, was your father uh, military as well. Nope. No, nope, was not military. Um, probably could have been, um, you know, when you meet him, you think, all right, was he military? But yeah, <laughs> just, you know, ran a tight ship. And, um, and I think that's important. I think it's super important. Yeah, there's no. I was one of those guys too. Just wait till your father gets home, and that was usually enough to straighten me out. That's uh, it. Mom said, hey, you know, and so and so. I'm a twin. Actually, I have a twin brother. We're not identical. We're fraternal, and uh, and that's a whole that's a whole crazy story too. So I was uh, so my 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 twin brother and I we were adopted, and um, and we were adopted together, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all you had to hear was was mom. <laughs> Mom saying your dad's coming home soon, so it's like okay, Roger. Well, that. You, you know, it's what's interesting is when I do when I do interviews with dads that have adopted, and and to me that's one of the greatest forms of love I think we have on the planet is when uh, you know parents adopt children that aren't their own, make them their own, and one of the things I always ask them is if they have that conversation of a, when when to let them when to let the children know or if they're going to let them know that they were adopted, and then about them seeking out to see. Uh, their biological parents. So for you, when, what age did you find out? Did your parents introduce you? We knew. Let you we know? knew. Yeah, we knew all along. And I, I, that's the only way to do it. I feel like I, I couldn't imagine being like, you know, 14 or 15 years old and my, and my parents going, Oh, Hey, by the way, you're, you're adopted. <laughs> so for, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Caucasian, my, my folks are white. So it was, it, they could have gotten away with it. You know what I mean? They could have not said anything. Um, but no, there, there's no way. There's no way that's the right thing to do. Just tell them. Tell them from day one. Because then it's not – you're a kid. You don't know. And then people ask me to people, oh, oh how does that make you feel? It's like I was adopted at birth. I don't know. Right. I don't, to me, that's just I, – I don't know. Like I, I don't remember. So <laughs> Yeah, don't don't know life any other way, right? Yeah. Well, I know obviously – I mean you, – it's, it's the best time here for a new baby as we're getting into the holiday times here. So it's always fun. It's going to be your first everything. First Thanksgiving, first Christmas, first New Year's. Do you guys have any kind of holiday plans? Is there is there different setups of where are you going to spend this? Where are you going to spend that? I'll tell you what, man. We've, about it? we've already told the family, you know, like, look, we got the new. You want to see them? You come to us. <laughs> the roles have changed. We don't travel anymore. To the to, They can come here if they want. So 
They will. They will. They will come. You know. <laughs> yeah, I like your style. Well, obviously, you, uh, you and your wife got the new book out with the. I love the Brave Book series. I've had a ton of the authors that that have come on the podcast here because I think it's really important to get this type of material. Uh, the value sets that that are inspired by the Brave Book series. Now, I screwed this up when I was uh, talking to your wife about this because I'm about as green go as you can get here. But the Legend of Naranya, Naranja. Say Naran- the name of the book there if you could. Naranja. Naranja. All right. Naranja. The legend. Yeah. Now, now, what was your what was your part in the book here? What 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 can the parents expect to, what, when we, they get a copy? We just it started off. You know, we we're you know to not you know get too into politics, but you know we were we were just talking about the the, the last presidential race and you know everything that that we think was kind of happening and uh, and we just kind of ran with the story. We we're like, man, this is ridiculous, and um, you know we wanted to create a book that um, you know was a challenge, you know, it was a challenge to, to be in charge. You, you know, you have to, you have to run the race. Um, but there comes a point in time where, you know, the important things around you, you, you don't let those things fall. You, you have to look out for those things. Um, and, uh, and so that's kind of what the story of the book is, you know, and, and then, so, you know, the, or so the orange versus the banana and, uh, and the banana is cheating the whole time, the whole race, he's cheating, he's, he's doing this, he's doing that. And then, uh, and then like, uh, you know, the, the, the princess of Fruitland gets pushed off of a, of a cliff basically by, by the rotten banana. And instead of taking first place and winning the race, the orange turns back and saves Lady Manzana, the apple, Lady Apple, and, uh, and the banana wins. And then the banana looks back and, and saw, and sees that everyone was surrounding the orange and was and was like but i won you know but but you cheated the whole time and you you know and then you tried to hurt uh lady apple so so nobody wants that you know <laughs> that's it that's that's I, the gist yeah i i love the concept and i'm i'm going to put the the link in the description down below uh, of today's episode so everybody that wants to can again uh, tap the link get a copy for themselves as far as it does go with uh, children's books are you guys have any uh, that you have from your childhood that you bought, went out to seek. Are you a Dr. Seuss kind of guy? Do you have Man, any kind of? Pretty, you know, we're pretty lucky. My mom kept all our books. We got all the, all kinds of Dr. Seuss books, and you know where the wild things are, and you know all the all of them, all that, all those kids' books. So he's got a, Henry's got a good collection of kids' books already. Now, are you a lullaby guy yet? Have you have you busted out the pipes and yeah, you putting them to sleep with some lullabies yet or not you yet? What, you know, we've been so lucky. He's a he's a pretty chill baby. You know, I have no baseline for what's a chill baby, but he seems pretty chill. He's very predictable. You know, if he needs a diaper, if he's hungry, um, he's he's pretty chill. So keep my fingers crossed on that. <laughs> very cool all right last thing i want to hit you with here andrew i'd love to ask all the dads i get on the show this could be from you or from somebody that gave it to you but i always love to ask what type of advice do you have for that new dad that's out there or for that about to be father who's out there listening Oof. i feel like um you know i'll probably take just um the the one of the one of the things that i got from my my time serving this country was um whether it's your family or your community it's it's not it's not, and it, and it should never just be about you. It's okay if it's about you, but it's it's not about you. It's about it's about everything around you, and um and and pour your effort into that. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me, Andrew Gamberski, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. 
You can order First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.